Hello, Mama. This is Reaching Abundance. And today we're talking about time management. This is something that I've battled with my whole life in an area where I'm actually working through lots of limiting beliefs. My intention is that hearing what I've struggled with, what I've learned, and how I'm working on this will help you examine your own internal beliefs about scheduling and time. I hope some of the questions I've asked myself will help you reevaluate and reprioritize your time each day and week, especially on the topic of that seemingly elusive work-life balance. Because who doesn't want that? Before we dive in, I want to thank you for being here with me. Please make sure you've subscribed in your podcast app on my YouTube channel or both (laughs) and that we are connected on Instagram. You can find me on nearly every platform at Happy Healthy Abundance. And remember, Mama, abundance is possible for all of us, no matter where you are in which stage of life. Welcome to the Reaching Abundance podcast, where your host, Virginia Elder, shares helpful guidance for moms around positive mindset, creating simplicity, practicing true self-care, and most of all, money management. Her financial journey toward a better life blossomed into an insatiable desire for overall happiness and abundance. Hang out with her right here each week while she ditches the taboos around women and money, shares resources, educates, and financially empowers all the mamas. Of all the sacrifices we women choose to make in life, Time shouldn't be one of them. I remember the first time I read a time slash money article basically encompassing the idea that we can always get more money, but we can never get more time. That concept hit me hard and it stayed with me ever since. This weighed on my soul especially heavily once I became a mom. You really can't ever get those baby days back. You can't rewind and undo a decision that you made that resulted in you not being home for story time before bed. And you can't unsay a snarky comment to your spouse. And you can't take back the grumpy moments you brought into your two-year-old's day because you were tired. Should've, would've, could've, right? Well, I'm all about accepting our past experiences gathering the lessons learned, and moving forward in a guilt-free way toward a more positive future because of those not-so-great decisions. So, if we can't get time back, what can we do to ensure we get every minute's worth of the time we have? What can we do to make sure we don't squander those precious fleeting moments? Feelings of appreciation and abundance with the moments we do have comes from actual presence, awareness of how we're spending the time we have, and valuing who we're with. When my kids wake up in the morning, I have one chance to greet them with a smile and say good morning in hopes of putting a smile on their face so they begin their day on the right foot. 
when my hubs walks in the door after a long day of teaching high schoolers and coaching out in the cold rain, I have one chance to throw my arms around his neck and greet him with a firm, warm kiss on the cheek to let him know I really missed him today and that I'm actually happy to see him. When a girlfriend asks if I have quote unquote time to chat, I have one chance to pick up on that cue that she really needs me and react with compassion. Those moments in which we meet over warm coffees while she tearfully shares that she feels like no one understands her can never be reversed. The connection created in each of these moments is priceless. And through each one of these interactions, the thought that I have one moment, that one chance to make a difference, wow, that just really makes me sit back in my chair for a minute. Change toward presence, happiness, and fulfillment starts with us first and then travels into the people closest to us based on the way we act with them. As mothers, it's ever increasingly important that we find contentment within our own lives for this reason, because it impacts our kids, our spouses, our friends, everyone around us. We can choose to be unhappy or we can choose to change things. I've examined my own life multiple times over the years and asked myself what I do and don't like and why, and then what I'm going to do about it. And I'll continue to do this periodically because this thought process allows me to consciously work towards the picturesque, abundant life I expect and dream of for my family. For years, the rhetoric in my brain was that there's never enough money and there's never enough time. This perpetuated an internal cycle of struggle for me. I battled with planners, calendars, struggled meeting commitments with friends and families, and was chronically late to everything. At this point, I still don't have it all figured out, and I definitely can't say I have these problems solved, but I've learned a lot, and I'm very open to constant growth and education and experimentation in this area of time management, which I've actually learned, and this especially holds true for me, that time management is actually self-management. We don't manage time at all. It comes and goes no matter what we're doing. So to manage my time better, I've actually had to learn to manage myself. The thought that time passes, whether we use it wisely or not, makes me do a reality check about a couple of things. One, the time I was wasting doing basically nothing, which that could be social media, walking aimlessly around the house because I forgot what I was about to do, or even when I catch myself browsing for things online when I'm really not actually just going to make a purchase right then. Two, the time I spend doing mundane tasks I hate. Or worse, doing things that I feel I have to do. So let's talk about that second one a bit. The things that you feel like you must do that you actually can't stand doing. 
I brought this up in a prior episode while I shared about hiring help being true self-care. Somewhere along the way, we women have decided that all of the families, cleaning, cooking, laundry, dishes, household maintenance, scheduling, shopping, and everything else is our quote-unquote job. Why? Who says? If you hate doing laundry and dishes and you can work the cost into your budget, then by all means, hire a housekeeper. This is the perfect example of buying your time back. Again, you can always get more money, but you can't get more time. So I'm working through this too, but... Come along with me and take this challenge to identify things you hate doing that may very likely be taking you away from other things you love, like family time, and figure out a way to either hire help or rebalance your schedule so that you aren't feeling that same tug of war within your soul. So maybe you're thinking, I can't afford to hire help. Are you crazy? Okay, well, maybe so. But are you sure? Have you worked your budget and tracked what you're really spending on nonsense expenses that you don't even actually care about? Have you actually sat down with your spouse and looked at your financial situation to see and discuss what you can afford? So the challenge goes further then. What are you spending money on that doesn't even bring actual joy to your life? I'm saying like, Marie Kondo, you're spending here because guess what? You ditch a few money-sucking habits and you can afford to pay that housekeeper or that laundry service or whatever other service provider is able to take care of that task that you hated so much. And then guess what just happened? Suddenly, you have that time back. Boom. That right there validates my passion to live a debt-free lifestyle and share about it and to save and invest as much as we possibly can. This brings the phrase, the time is now, to my mind. Hey, Mama. I want to jump in right here and let you know about an online group coaching program I'm offering this summer. It's called Empowered Budget Mamas. And inside, I'll guide an exclusive group of women toward feeling confident around budgeting, saving, paying off debt, and ultimately understanding fully how to make money support them toward the life they've been wishing for. No more pipe dreams with no action plan when it comes to money, mama. This online six-week group coaching program is enrolling right now and begins June 1st. For only $240, you and I get virtual FaceTime where I can't wait to answer your questions, talk with you about money mindset, how emotions can actually help us with our money, and share ways we live abundantly on a budget on purpose. Several women have already registered with a heck yeah, and spots are filling in quickly. Make sure you jump in before doors close on May 29th at midnight by registering at empoweredbudget.com slash register. 
You can get more details, learn about the bonuses and register by going to empoweredbudget.com slash register. There are only 20 spots available in this group program, so don't miss out. I'll see you inside. For me, this time-money conundrum weighed on me the most while I juggled a regular full-time corporate job and a growing family. I remember driving to work with tears streaming down my face as a result of the guilt I felt leaving my children at daycare so that I could go back to work. I also remember the feeling of being torn in half day after day because I wanted to be with my kids. But I also knew how much debt we had and that I absolutely must earn an income so that we could pay those bills, plus have food on the table and gas in the car. What I wanted and my reality seemed so far apart. Then comes the daily and hourly work-related decisions around what you can and can't get done in each hour. How many to-dos you can mark off your list and which projects you can make actual headway on each day. It seemed like I could never get enough done. And so there I was feeling unfulfilled at work while also missing out on my kids' first words, steps, and sweet naptime snuggles. There's no other way to describe it. It just sucked. It was hard. I felt like I was going crazy more often than not, and I cried multiple times a week. So if that sounds like the season of life you're in right now, I want to tell you I understand. I've been there. Me too, mama. And if you're listening and that's not the season of life that you're in, maybe your kids are a little older now, but you know what I'm talking about. And it's likely you remember having days like that. The elusive work-life balance. It's one of those things like success or beauty that's immeasurable and that can only be defined by each individual. I was always told and believed if I honed my time management skills, I could get enough work done to feel good about it and be able to 100% be home during non-work hours. That meant when I was home, I didn't think about work, much less bring any work home. On the flip side, that also meant that while I was at work, I didn't think about personal stuff. I tried to draw that hard line between those two major pieces of my life. Was this possible? I began being intense about my time at work and would mentally beat myself up every time I noticed distraction creeping on my time. When I was home and I caught myself inevitably mulling over some issue with a work project, I'd get frustrated there too. I started to feel like this was one big scheme against me and that it was just too hard to separate the two and that it was nearly impossible to only think about one lane of life for large periods of the day. The truth is work life and family life do intersect. They are part of life. Many of us feel important and valued and even find fulfillment in both roles. Drawing a line between them is what makes managing our lives as providers and mothers even harder 
because it opens the door for us to put even more pressure on ourselves. Just the same as finances, family, health, communication, and lifestyle intersect. Everything's connected. Fast forward years later, and I've quit my full-time job. My kids aren't babies anymore. We paid off our debt, and now I own and operate my own business where I produce podcasts, blog, teach financial wellness workshops, and coach women in areas of mindset and money. But my scheduling time management issues, which is really self-management apparently, are still present. This is an area of ongoing self-work. I've accepted that this isn't going to be something that's just fixed or solved one day, and that as my life evolves, I'll continue to revisit. I used to think that If I worked from home, I'd have the freedom and ability to do whatever, whenever. That I could work out, do yoga, eat the healthiest meals, and even have time to walk the dog and read books, and that I'd be volunteering at my kids' schools more often. But am I doing those things? Nope. Why, though? Because as a naturally driven person, I've discovered my tendency to fill every day with stuff. I'm quote-unquote busy all the time, even though I probably couldn't explain where half the time went in a day. Maybe you're a high achiever too, and this sounds all too familiar. So you see, I'm not sharing this because I've got it all figured out. I'm sharing because I'm in the trenches, trying to block enough time between a meeting and a call for the drive time so that I can actually get home and have my thoughts collected in preparation for the call. I'm intentionally working daily to be on time to meetings, to get tasks marked off the to-do list, to get enough done work-wise, to connect with friends, to plan ahead, and to be present with my family in the evenings. So you won't be surprised that when I stumbled upon a book about time management for moms, I jumped on it. And I'm so glad I did because holy cow, I really wish I'd read it like seven years ago when my son was tiny. It's called I Know How She Does It by Laura Vanderkam. And I will put the link in the show notes for you because this is an amazing read. It's not a time management book per se. But it does walk you through what Ms. Vanderkam has discovered about how hundreds of six-figure working mothers, that's the important word there, mothers, seemingly do it all. The insight into how these women manage their days led me to huge ahas when it comes to time management, work-life balance, and successfully managing a family and a career. I thoroughly enjoyed having a peek into the actual day-to-day lives of other mothers, seeing how they manage their days and learning that work doesn't actually look like a straight eight hours for most of them. For the first time in years, I felt optimistic about managing my time. It made me question the conventional time management wisdom out there. And I bet after reading it, You'll never look at your calendar or planner the same way again. Hey, Mama, 
This episode is brought to you by Erin Condren and her collection of planners. She's most well-known for her trendy-colored and highly useful life planner collection. I've been using her petite meal planner, and it took the exercises I'd been doing separately on my own to create grocery lists and plan and prep meals for the week and allowed me to have a single, organized, adorable booklet in which to consolidate my grocery list, day-to-day meal schedule, and meal prep notes, like which day to pull out chicken for defrosting and which vegetable goes with which meal. Erin's a mom of two and has very smartly designed her planners to be mix and matchable so that we can customize them to contain the pieces we need to organize our lives. I highly recommend you check out the Life Planner, her petite planners, and accessories using my affiliate links in the show notes. With Erin Condren planners, you'll be able to organize the chaos in a beautiful way while also decluttering your mind, which is why I can't wait for you to check out Erin Condren's petite planners and life planner collection. Weaved into these successful women's schedules was time to work out, date nights, time to sip coffee peacefully, outings with friends, plenty of sleep, quality FaceTime with kids, and even time for hobbies and reading, all while working over 40 hours a week in most cases. The refreshing discovery? Women who participated in the study discovered that they actually worked less and slept more than they thought. A real, relatable life, fully exhibited by each of these women in the study in the book, whether single or married, which debunks the myth that you have to sacrifice your career for sleep or time with your family or vice versa. Now, I hope you know I'm just over the moon about this concept because even in my intro and my bio and whatever else you hear or read from me, I hope you notice that I stand firmly in the belief that we can have it all. Sometimes visual concepts are just the most explanatory. So one thing that I love in this book is that blocks of time are separated into 30-minute increments, and those 30-minute increments are referred to as tiles. All the tiles of our schedules, 30 minutes at a time, come together to form a mosaic of our lives, which that's just really a beautiful idea if I'd ever heard of one. Ms. Vanderkam really clearly illustrates with her writing that women are actually really good at making time for their priorities each week. It may not be easy to shift things around or to wake up at 5 a.m. or to leave work early for a doctor's appointment, but we do it. We do all the things and we're actually really good at it. Okay, there are plenty of days where we feel like a total hot mess. Okay, so I bet even on those days, there were things you were good at. The tricky part is remembering that and giving ourselves actual credit for those things. The most obvious representation of this amazing ability to be flexible with our time and our expectations is when an unexpected event occurs. Think water heater failure or fender bender. Those events were not excluded from the book because after all, 
what does a normal day look like anyways? These mamas took a day off, worked from home one day, and returned some emails on Saturday. But life kept going. The kids remained fed, business kept humming, the world continued turning, and the household needs were met. You and I know an unexpected event like that is stressful and upsetting, but looking at the reality of these women's time-tracked schedules, they didn't lose sleep, still worked 40 hours or more, and they still had quality time with their kids. I'm a numbers person, typically just very analytical and a deep thinker. I just can't help it. So this particular idea really struck me. Did you know there are 168 hours in a week? I've honestly never added it up or even thought to look at our week in a time block like that. Which brings me to the next idea, something I took straight out of the book. If you have 168 hours each week, you sleep eight hours a night, and you work 40 hours a week, That means you still have 72 hours in your week for other things. What do I do for those other 72 hours that I'm not sleeping or working? I don't know. I really appreciated the fact that these were real women who shared their time blocking strategies, clever ways to split shifts, whether that be with childcare or work shifts, creative ways to incorporate family time, and even how they manage the housework. My favorite takeaway though, is the kibosh on the assumption of what a typical day looks like. Is there really such thing as a typical day? Every day really is different. I struggled so much with the butt in the seat mentality during my corporate years because with little kids and daycare times, dinner time and bedtime into consideration, It was nearly impossible to actually get to work at 8 a.m., get enough done in between meetings, leave at 5 p.m. only to fight traffic, and then still have dinner with the family and spend time with the kids before bedtime. I was seeing my kids for like two hours a day. It was awful. Night after night, I felt stressed rushed and frazzled while still feeling like I barely got enough time with my kids. Plus the weight of uncompleted tasks at work weighed on me. So I was tempted to open my laptop even after the insane circus act that we call bedtime. On it continued night after night. The women in I Know How She Does It read books, worked out, enjoyed relaxed coffee morning dates with their husbands, were available for their kids, which they took them to practices and attended swim meets and everything. Plus, they found high levels of satisfaction in their work, completely opposite of the rhetoric we've been told that You have to choose between professional success and a family or that you can't do both. So how does she do it? They focused on priorities day by day and allowed those priorities to shift and change as needed. And they found time to do things that were important to them. They planned well, used little found increments of time like when you're waiting in line or when you're in between appointments, 
they used that time wisely. And mostly, they took care of themselves. I'm sure it wasn't always easy. The women in this study tracked their time in 30-minute increments. Can you find 30 minutes in your day? Honestly? I'm sure you can. I'm sure I can find several 30-minute increments. This made me start noticing what I was doing at least every hour throughout the day. Am I on task? What should I be doing right now? I've always been a list person and I love checking things off the list, but that doesn't mean I've been A, good at understanding how long a task takes me, or B, good at staying on task. (laughs) As I was reading how they would only check and respond to emails during a focused window or two each day, I really started to see clearly how often I've been distracted by bings and beeps. I was seeing examples of how they worked an hour in the morning before donning the office with their presence, escaped to joyful lunches with girlfriends, and then worked three more hours in the afternoon, hit up a yoga class, enjoyed a family dinner, and then took the rest of the night off. What a beautiful way to handle an eight-hour workday. I began thinking, there's no reason I can't do that too. This challenge to track my time in 30-minute increments and ensure I know what I'm spending my 168 hours in a week doing have brought several things to light. I've noticed that when I do have extra time, I have a tendency to allow that window of time to just disappear. I get lost in Facebook land, or I get distracted puttering around the house. Now, more than ever, after reading this book, I know that I can absolutely make my day and the time in it live up to my expectations. Somehow, seeing the inside details of their lives as proof that they can do it encourages me. I've found confidence in seeing that it is possible. I haven't even accomplished anything in this area yet, and I'm already experiencing the shift in my belief that I can do all the things. I have boundaries with my schedule, and I can be successful at work and home. I've said that things are all about choices and intention, and I feel validated that this applies to time management too. I know we have the power to choose what's important in our lives each and every day and make sure our actions and the activities on which we're spending our time reflect that truth. I've begun exploring different planners, time blocking techniques, moving tasks to different times of the day or week based on my personal levels of productivity, and Overall, fully embracing that I alone am in charge of my schedule. So how do we combine intention with priorities and then ensure that we carry through with the action part? Hmm. For me, this looks like planning out my day in 30 minute or at least one hour time blocks, just like they did in the book. That's the intention. My intention is that my day looks like the plan on paper. Some days that works, most days it doesn't, and I have to be okay with that. 
As I plan things out, I try my hardest to look at the schedule I've made and ask myself a few things. Have I been realistic with how much time each of these tasks will take? Does this schedule really look feasible? Have I allowed enough time to get from place to place in between commitments? Next is the priority piece. Every day and sometimes every hour, I'm consciously asking myself, what's the priority right now? Maybe there's a blog draft due for one of my freelance clients. Maybe school's out in an hour, so I need to use this time to record a video or a podcast before the kids get home. Whatever it is, is fine. Maybe it's something personal, or maybe your priorities shift in the moment because of an email that has to be handled right away. The point is, I'm constantly refocusing on the priority for that week, that day, or that hour. And here's the thing. I've had to practice the art of not beating myself up when I catch myself off task. Because just to be real, that happens a lot. I simply take a deep breath, remember what I was supposed to be doing, and ask if that distraction is actually a priority right now. And then either continue if the answer is yes, or if the answer is no, get back on the intended task. Last but not least is making sure we follow through with the actions that support our intentions and priorities. This is where at the end of the day or week, you look back at your planner and do a very honest review with yourself. Did you complete the intended things? Did you have family dinner or work out or review the budget with the heads like you wanted? Did you submit that completed project at work? If yes, then cool. If not, give yourself some grace. What else came up that you prioritized above that intended task? Maybe you're a lot like me and you struggle to allow enough time to do each intended task. Or maybe you overschedule accidentally and don't allow yourself to breathe in between commitments. It's a work in progress. I want to encourage you to use a planner where you set intentions and track your progress. I have a free downloadable planner available on my site at happyhealthyabundance.net and I'll link that here in the show notes so you can grab your free download. I suggest also using a spreadsheet or graph paper to plan your day in an hour or 30 minute increments. This gives you a very visual understanding of how much time each intended task may take and allows you to be very conscious of managing yourself and your time wisely throughout your day. Again, sometimes no matter how well you map things out, the day may not go as planned. Just like I shared, this is a work in progress. Progress over perfection here, okay? All right, mama. I really, truly believe we can have it all through intention, consistency, and always trying to be present in the moment. There were a ton of useful tips in this episode, so let's recap. One, we can all get more money. Millions of dollars are transacting all around us every single day. The time we have, though, is finite. 
We each have the same 24 hours in a day, which works out to 168 hours in a week. And it's up to us as the leaders of our households to make the best of those moments. Two, if you want your kids to grow up with an abundant mindset and aspire for them to have great time management skills, guess who they're going to learn that from? Time and time again, I see that when we want something in our lives to change, there's self-work involved that will create that desired change. Number three, feelings of appreciation and abundance with the moments we do have come from actual presence and awareness of how we're spending that time and valuing who we're with. Now, whether you want to just call it time management, self-management, or self-control, it's all the same to me. We're all just doing the best we can, and sometimes only an ounce of awareness is enough to tip the scales and completely alter our whole perspective. Even though I was already focused on working toward the life of my dreams, like I said, learning these nuggets really inspired me. And I kind of think refueled me as far as scheduling goes. So I hope listening also inspired you to begin or to revisit tracking your time. And make sure you really embrace the freedom you already own to adjust things within your schedule on purpose so that you can create the life you want for yourself and your family. This week, edge a little closer to reaching abundance by double-checking that each day contains time blocked off for you personally, time for creativity, and time with your sweeties. As always, the show notes contain the links to and the summary of everything I shared with you here today. I look forward to talking with you again next time.